Welcome to WMST Podcast. Let's get you introduced to the cast. We've got the editor-in-chief, Ziegler. Yeah, what's up, number 22? Yeah. What up, big number 22? And we've got the man with no gimmicks, Cam. Drink your water, kids. The orange Cassidy of the group. Yep, for sure. And we've got the man, if you looked hard, hard enough at your local state farm, you can probably find it's Tyler. It has been 1,102 days since the Warriors blew a 3-1 to lead. Yep, keep them counting. All right, so tonight we're going to review Toy Story 4, a Fighter Fest, and uh, much more. Uh, Timestamps will be included in the bio and uh, the comments below. And now we're going to have Tyler uh, review Toy Story 4. So go ahead, Tyler. Give us your review of, of Toy Story 4. All right. So uh, before I get started, I'm going to spoil a little bit of stuff. Not too much, just so you know. But um, Toy Story 4 was surprisingly good, in my opinion. I was expecting it to be like, all right, after seeing Pixar sequels with Cars 2, Cars 3, uh, Monsters University, all that, we all found those kind of disappointing. But I felt like this was a good movie. I thought it would be unnecessary after the uh, ending Toy Story 3 gave us, because we all loved that ending, and we all heard Toy Story 4, and we're like, why do we even need this movie? But it was pretty good. Um, the new characters were a lot of fun. Key and Peele as Ducky and Bunny were a great time. Probably some of the funniest characters in that movie, for sure. Um, Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom was a good casting. I loved his character. And then Gabby Gabby was a fun villain. Well, not really too much of a villain. She was a good character, though. She had, like, a reason to do what she was doing. And you can understand her side of the story. Kind of like, um, it's an awful comparison. Kind of like how you can understand Thanos' uh, actions. Not really the same at all. But you can understand her side of the story. And the uh, new toy that Bonnie made, Forky, the plastic spork that she made, I thought uh, Forky was going to be like this stupid, childish character that I would not like at all. But he was actually really funny. Um, he had a lot of good scenes. I don't know who the voice actor was for him, but he did a great job. And um, the relationship between him and Woody was actually a lot of fun. And with all these new characters, the original characters kind of take a backseat. Um, Buzz, Jesse, all of them, they don't really get as much screen time as them, which I can kind of understand. They have two to three other movies with just them. So I can understand that, um, especially Jesse and like the Potato Head. They don't really get anything to do at all in this movie. Buzz gets a little bit, but mainly this is Woody's movie. And yeah, this, the story just follows him completely. And I can understand that because the ending of this movie, it's not as good as Toy Story 3, like I said. But uh, Woody's story is basically he's just trying to um, save Forky from being stupid and all that. And he ends up leaving all the toys to go with uh, Bo Peep, who returns in this movie. And you learn why she wasn't in Toy Story 3. And But yeah, Woody ends up leaving all the toys in the end. And... It's a sad ending, not as sad as Toy Story 3, obviously, but um, 
if you guys like the Toy Story movies, I recommend this movie for sure. It's not the best one. It's not the worst one. I mean, all the Toy Story movies are good, and I'm I'm fine with this addition to it. Like going into it, like I said, I did not really know why we needed it, but I'll take it. It's a good movie. It's a fun time, and I'll rank it in eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. All right. So WMST's review for Toy Story four. It's an eight out of ten. All right. Thanks for that, Tyler. And let's preview Fighter Fest now. AEW Fighter Fest going to be happening this Saturday. And our very own boy right here, Ziggler, is going to be in attendance for that event. And he's going to be meeting Hangman Page and uh, Joey Janela at the event. So are you excited, Ziggler? Fuck yeah, I'm excited. I'm fucking ecstatic. I'm so hyped uh, for Daytona. Daytona's going to be so fun. Yeah. Make sure you get them shout-outs for WMST. Yeah, maybe. I don't know yet. Uh, yeah, it's going to be yeah, fun. The time, if, it, if timing's right, then maybe. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, so with that, let's preview the card uh, for the Saturday shows. We have uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks facing the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid. And we have John Moxley's debut. It's going to be against the aforementioned Joey Janela. Hopefully, it's turned into a uh, death match or some kind of stipulation because I don't think there's a stipulation on it yet. I could be wrong on that. And we have Cody versus Darby Allen. We've got, you just mentioned him a few seconds ago, Hangman Page versus MJF versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy, Fatal 4-Way. We've got Christopher Daniels versus Sema. We've got women's match, Nala Rose versus Riho versus Yukas Sakazaki. I hope I said that correctly. Uh, Michael Nakazawa versus Alex J-Belly in a hardcore match. So apparently this match is hardcore. But John Moxley versus Joey Janela isn't. Maybe they're building up that match to eventually become a hardcore match. And uh, pre-show match, we got SCU versus Best Friends versus Private Party. All right, so with that, uh, which match are you guys looking forward to the most, uh, Cam? I'm mainly watching for Moxley's debut. For sure. Well, the good, the good thing is, actually, by the way, here's something worth mentioning. It's free. You can actually watch it for free on Bleacher Report Live. Oh, yeah, for sure. Instead of paying non-existent $60 you have for double or nothing. So this is basically going to be my first taste of what All Elite Wrestling has to offer. Hopefully they do well. By the way, I do like the uh, wink and a nod to the Firefest, which is the name for the uh, pay-per-view. Music? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely Moxie's debut is going to be really fun. Uh yeah, I think that's definitely going to be the big draw for the pay-per-view and a lot of people's first exposure to AEW. And uh, Ziggler, which match are you looking forward to the most when you're in attendance there? Yeah, I mean, uh, the match that like mainly like got my, my focus that like, all right, I was like, all right, I got, I got, I got to get these tickets. I got to go to Daytona. Was the Moxley versus Janela because that is a fucking dream match right there. That's a match I never knew I wanted. And it 
I I be, I mean some of like Joey Janela's matches like they're like announced as like regular matches, but then they get like more like hardcore and shit like in the middle of the match. So I believe like there's like gonna be like announced as a regular match, and all of a sudden someone's gonna come with like freaking barbed wire or tacks or something like that. So I I believe it's definitely gonna get some hardcore and they're like in the middle of it and at the ending. So and I think it's gonna be like an all out brawl too. So that's gonna be fun as hell. And I'm also definitely looking forward to the Elite versus Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. I've only seen a few matches of Laredo Kid um, in uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Um, he was really good in that, uh, a few matches in that. And it's, I think it's going to be a fun freaking match. Yeah, it's probably going to be like a spot fest match, but I don't care. I love spot fest matches. Like the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks, I double or nothing. That match was full of spots, spots, uh, crazy monkey spots, I guess. Um, but I don't care. They're fucking. It was a fucking great match. And then Darby Allen versus Cody. I love Darby Allen. I cannot wait to see him live for the first time. He's like one of my favorites. He's been one of my favorites for actually, yeah, this past year has been like one of my favorites. Like, it, like in watching him in PWG and the Battle of Los Angeles 2018. Was it? That was the first time I saw him, and he's just really cool. And Cody, um, I mean Cody, I don't know. Like I kind of like Cody, I kind of don't. Like he really turned me around at Double or Nothing because that match with Gold Dust was so good. But uh, yeah. Other than that, I guess the other match I'm looking forward to is the Fatal Four Way because that's gonna be fucking crazy too. I love Fatal Four Ways, and all the people in that match are just fucking young stars and the future of pro wrestling. So that's going to be fun. Also can't wait to meet hangman page and Joey Janela. I'm going (laughs) to, it's going to be so fun. Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be an experience. And uh, Tyler, I know you, uh, you're not into wrestling right now, but I I suggest you watch AEW fighter fest this Saturday and it's free. What what time? It's going to start around seven, I believe. Seven. The pre-shows at seven, the main shows at eight. We'll see. You have to remind me. I for sure. It's, it's and live. also that uh, Michael Nakazawa matches on the pre-show too. That hardcore one. So yeah, it's gonna be a hardcore match on the pre-show. So yeah, the pay-per-view is free. Uh, you can watch for free on BR Live. So yeah, it should be a fun pay-per-view. Cool. Uh, all right. So moving on to our next topic. Now, this is a bit of a discussion that's been brewing for the past few weeks. Uh, uh, this is a topic I made before the meme came out. Uh, we just we were just dis- discussing the meme about how in theaters currently, the movies that are playing right now are Child's Play, Toy Story 4, Godzilla, and Men in Black. And the caption was, is this 2019 or is this 1994? And Aladdin, I think, right? And oh yeah, and Aladdin, yeah, that too. So, yeah. so it's like the discussion becomes, and not that, not just that these movies that were fam- uh, these franchises that were famous in the '90s are coming back now. It's not just that, but the it's the fact that they're also underperforming at the box office. Now the trades have gone on to say that this has been due to what's what they're coining as it's such an insider it's not even an insider time it's such a bs coined by them it's called sequelitis basically saying 
oh yeah, uh, people are kind of tired of these franchises, so that's why these these franchises are underperforming at the box office. Now, I call BS on that because I feel like uh, Hollywood actually doesn't really give the audience as much credit as they deserve. Uh, if the story is good, if the characters are great, they will go out and, and watch the movie. But I feel like there isn't that much inspiration to go out and seek these uh, franchises, reboots uh, for the audience. And that's why I feel like you're seeing a lot of uh, low box office turnouts for famous fr- uh, franchises. Uh, it's a very simple fix, actually. All they got to do is just, you know, be more creative. Uh, I think uh, this summer, I think we've had a string of movies that are sequels slash reboots and they're not they're not that inspiring so you've had this discussion coming out but at the same time i feel like this year is gonna probably end on a pretty good note knowing we will have more uh better movies coming out like uh it chapter two joker and whatnot so i think it's not so much of a panic for hollywood it's just like hey step up your game because just because you have a famous franchise's name on the billing doesn't mean you're gonna get the box office turnout you were hoping like even toy story 4 uh was expected to do around 150 million at the box office uh it topped out around 115 million uh on opening weekend which isn't like of course that's a huge number most studios would kill to have that number but it's still telling that even toy story 4 couldn't perform uh towards the expectations uh, so yeah, uh, Cam, your thoughts on this? This has actually been going on for years. The term sequelitis isn't a new thing. People, some people don't like the older franchises coming back from the dead just to make a quick buck. Some people don't like horror franchises like A Child's Play, like A Friday the Thirteenth, or coming back just to get rebooted. Meanwhile, speaking of horror. I wrote a script on it. A perfect example on sequel on why sequel films don't do so hot at box office are horror films, or more notably, during the 1980s and 1990s. Prior to films like Scream, which would change the game and which make horror films cool again, most most horror sequels would just be panned and have low box office rates, and most of them would be sequels, like a Halloween, another movie in the Halloween franchise, or another Nightmare on Elm Street or another Child's Play movie. But a perfect example of this would be the original Friday the 13th series. The first four movies would gain a ton of success at the box office, but would be panned by critics. After the fourth movie, which was called The Final Chapter, gained a ton of money, Paramount, the distributor, would make a fifth one called the called A New Beginning, which, with a new killer instead of Jason Voorhees. But it would do poorly at the box office, so they brought Jason back in part six, Jason Lives, and it would be a commercial success yet again. The next few movies, Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, wouldn't reach the successes of Final Chapter, the first one, or even a Jason Lives. That's a perfect example on horror films, on films that don't reach that much success just because they're sequels. Some people are burnt out on it. It's like, I've seen this already. They're like, oh, they're just going to kill, kill the guy off and just, oh, he's going to die again. Oh, he's going to come back again. Shake things up. I know. Uh, you, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Like that's a really good explanation right there. Uh, 
And uh, Tyler, your thoughts? Um, I don't really have too many thoughts on it. Like, I'm fine with sequels and reboots as long as they're good. Um, example, Star Wars. Um, recently, it's been awful. And we all just feel like it's just Disney going for money and all that with Solo and The Last Jedi. But if it's something enjoyable, like um, how The Force Awakens was, I enjoyed that movie a lot. I was fine with it. Then I'm fine with movies like that. Like I said, Toy Story, I'm fine with that. But I just think they do it just because original ideas, people are just like, we don't know what this really is. We don't know if we can trust it. I can kind of, that's what I kind of think if I see a new movie, at least. Like, uh, what was the... Was it Pacific Rim, the movie with, like, giant robots and all that? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I saw that. I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about it, just because I'm not familiar with it at all. But if I see something like, um, I'll just throw out Toy Story 4, I know what to expect. I know it should be all right. Um, But I can just understand people not wanting to go see those movies just because they're not original or, like... They just feel like it's copies and all that. They just want something more original. But yeah, I don't really have too many thoughts on it. Yeah, I think that's a really sad reality that uh, the popular IP is what's kind of valued sometimes with the more casual moviegoers. I think that's a good point. Yeah. And and Ziggler, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I... I don't know. I don't like... I, I fucking hate reboots. I hate remakes. Um... The, like the only remake and I mean reboots that I can think of on the top of my head that I really love are the Star Trek reboots. Those movies are so goddamn good, and those are the only reboots I think that I really enjoyed and really liked. Now, um, I I'm not a big like I think like with a Toy Story four sequel I think that's just like an easy cash grab for Disney, you know. Like, I, I I like sequels. Like, I love, like, give me, like, another, like, John Wick movie and shit. Give me another MCU movie. Give me another Rocky or Creed movie because those movies are really good. But, like, when you, like, I don't know. Like, when you give, give us, like, shitty sequels to, like, really great movies, like, I can't think of a shitty sequel to a great movie right now. So, um, but, well, yeah. Gonna... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, The Last Jedi was, um, yeah, it was pretty shit. And The Force Awakens was really good. And, I mean, I don't think, I really don't think they should have, like, touched Star Wars. I think Star Wars should have ended at Return of the Jedi. I mean, I just think it should have ended there. They shouldn't have done the prequels. They shouldn't have done the other sequels. Because it it, it got ruined. It got ruined by by the Phantom Menace, so... Yeah, and and I just want more like original movies. I love original content. Like coming out like in a month, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, that's like that's gonna be really good. Um, I love like original movies like that. Quentin Tarantino only makes original shit. He writes only original shit. So that's why I love Quentin Tarantino. But people who like you know. Like they came out like Men in Black International. I had no interest in seeing that. There was only one good Men in Black movie, and that was the first one. The other two following that was kind of shit. And yeah, 
Same with Kingsman. The first Kingsman movie was really great, and the second one was kind of shit, you know? It's just sometimes sequels ruins, like, the first movie, so. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I, not all the and, time. Yeah, anybody listening to this, like, you got to show Hollywood that original ideas are still valued today, and you sh- everybody should go support uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, it's going to be a, I, f- I really feel it's going to be a great movie. It's still got a 96% on Rotten Tomato right now. Uh, so, yeah, go out and support this movie. Uh, but, yeah, for sure. Well, hold on. Before, you want to know a, a great original movie that everyone should really see? Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, also, all of, like, like Edgar Wright's um, freaking trilogy with, uh, what's his name? Um, the Cornetto trilogy, Shaun yeah, of the Dead, yeah. World's End, and yeah. Odd Fuzz. I forgot the guy's name in it, though. Oh, yeah, Nick Frost and uh, Simon Pegg. Yeah, those, those are really three great three movies, so check I those love, out. I love, love, love Shaun of the Dead. Me, too. I oh, love yeah. Hot Fuzz. <laughs> At World's I End have... is kind of eh, but, you know. Oh, yeah, those are great recommendations. Yeah, everybody should for sure check them out. All right, so let's move on to our next topic. Uh, just I just want to briefly go over the NBA awards. Uh, uh, we had them, I think, last uh, Monday. Uh, a lot of the awards weren't that surprising since the regular season happened, like, what, like a month, like two months ago, three Six months ago? Six months ago. Yeah, like, Too it's long, been yeah. a while. So we can kind of figure out who else for two months, right? <laughs> I know it kind of felt short. Yeah. Playoffs always feel short, but they're like two months long. Uh, we had, of course, the big one: Giannis winning MVP, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo winning MVP. We had Rudy Gobert winning Defensive Player of the Year. We had Luka Doncic winning unanimously the Rookie of the Year. Good thing Ben Simmons didn't win it. We had. Uh, what else? What other awards did we have? Oh yeah, Sixth Man of the Year, uh, Lou Williams. Yeah, Lou Williams. That that was the third ever, uh, and he and he's won that back to back. So, yeah, some uh, really well deserved awards. Uh, your guys' thoughts, Cam? I kind of figured that Giannis would win the MVP. He had a really good year this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I think that was the one that was kind of given, even though Harden and Giannis kind of com- competing for it. But at the same time, it was like, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a given. Giannis had a more of a monumental story in then a year. Oh, yeah, uh, another thing, uh, Milwaukee Bucks coach uh, Mike Budenholzer won coach of the year, obviously. And uh, the other one I forgot to mention was uh, Pascal Siakam winning most improved player. So another W for Toronto right there. But yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the event too, but I, not the aesthetics mostly, but seeing a lot of the players come up and give their speech and you know getting recognition for their hard work. And Tyler, what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, I kind of expected Giannis to win MVP, but um, one of the awards, like not, a main award, kind of like, I don't know what you call it. I don't know what they call it because I don't watch the award show. But whatever this moment of the year award is with D-Rose dropping 50. Oh, yeah, true. Really well-deserved. Um, that was my favorite moment of the season. But, yeah, I never watched the uh, actual award show. I just watched updates on Twitter and Bleacher Report. So yeah. I have no idea how the show goes. Yeah, 
the interesting idea I saw on Twitter was like, why is this award show happening now? Maybe it should yeah. happen before the playoffs begin. I feel like this show just happens way too late. And, right. Because I like nobody when, cares. Um, like the MVP was announced in the second round, and the MVP had like pressure on them. And, like right. when LeBron would win it with the Cavs in like 20, 2009, 2010, I think it was. Yeah. It was just like now there's like a target on the Cavs' back. Who's gonna eliminate the MVP? So I like right. that better than. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea, honestly. Um, yeah, because at this point nobody cares. Cause like. Yeah. Yeah, Cam, I think you can kind of agree with this. Like it takes the surprise element out of it, and because uh, you at at, that, at this point it's like nobody cares, and like because you know before WrestleMania we have the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, so I think they can do something similar like that. Before playoffs, we have NBA awards. What do you think about that, Cam? Like, yes, do that beforehand. Speaking yeah. of speaking of WWE, why not why not do why not bring back the Slammy Awards before WrestleMania? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if they're kind of meaningless, it's like, okay, can we like? I mean, it's a sh- fake award. Sh- yeah, shows like, sh- yeah, show some recognition for. The best wrestler or the best female talent, you know that kind of thing, for sure. At least it's better than another generic three-hour RAW. True. Ah, oh, three-hour RAWs. Haven't seen those Stupid in a long time. RAW 1000. Spoiling <laughs> everything. Spoiled everything. At least it prepared us for Endgame. True. I guess we gotta be thankful for something. Yeah. All right. Now our final topic for today. It's uh, Spider-Man Far From Home uh, coming out uh, this Tuesday, surprisingly. Like, uh, it's really close. Uh, and it's it kind of feels like we just got out of the... I realize that. Yeah, it's, it kind of feels like we just got out of the endgame hype, endgame uh, everything. And now we're, like, being dumped into the Spider-Man uh, debacle. Like, I mean, it's going to be, I think, fun. It's uh, definitely... Uh, shaping up to be one of the most pivotal movies in MCU. Uh, if done right, I think uh, this can be a good booster for Phase 4 because it is being used as an epilogue to uh, Endgame and it's going to position Spider-Man as the main guy uh, going forward, which was, of course, Tony Stark's and uh, uh, Steve Rogers' spot but I think Spider-Man's going to take it now. Uh, the uh, one thing, big thing that's going to leave big implications on the whole MCU is how the whole uh, different multiverse thing turns out. It's a very delicate line they have to, I feel like they have to cross with the fans. I feel like it can go so wrong, people are going to be like, very confused or it can go so right people are going to be really intrigued by this idea like i feel like dc is the one that should have introduced the multiverse first but marvel got there first which makes sense but i feel like that's really going to be the talking point of this movie if yeah like you know if the spider-man story isn't as good people will still talk about the multiverse but i have a feeling uh Tom Holland still is going to bring it again, and I think this is going to be a really fun Spider-Man movie. Uh, uh, Ziggler, what are your thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home and its implications on the MCU going forward? 
I mean, yeah, I can't wait for this movie. I mean, I'm already seeing like first re like first reactions like on Twitter, like saying it's like one person said like it's like the best Spider-Man movie now, like it's better like than uh, Spider-Man Two, Sam Raimi's, and there's other people saying that far from that Homecoming was better, but you know, but I, I I'm I'm really looking forward to this uh, movie. This um movie. I love Spider-Man. Um, he's one of my favorite uh, Marvel characters, and Tom Holland plays him best. And I can't wait for Drake Joan Hall as Mysterio. Now, with the multiverse thing, I'm, I'm excited for the multiverse. Um, I, I think it's going to be great, but I, don't, I do not think Mysterio is from another Earth. I think he is playing S.H.I.E.L.D., playing Sam Jackson, playing... Uh, Spider-Man, and he's eventually got to turn on them, of course, because he's a villain. And Mysterio Quentin Beck is a fucking pathological liar, so <laughs> he is definitely not from the multiverse. I don't know if they are going to introduce the multiverse here, if it's like, you know, I, I don't know if he's just like, that's like a complete total lie. There isn't a multiverse, but if there is, that'd be really cool. Cause I would love to see like, uh, like um, a Spider Gwen like played in real life and a Spider Man Noir. That'd be cool if Nicolas Cage can play that. That'd be awesome, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what. Um, but I but I would like um like like a Miles Morales. So like I I would hope like Miles Morales would be like in Spider Man Three. So. Oh yeah, th- uh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, Tyler, your thoughts? Um, like Ziggler said, I feel like a multiverse would be cool, but I don't think Mysterio is actually from another universe. I'm pretty sure I said that when the trailer dropped and we were talking about that. Um, but other than that, I feel like this movie should lead the MCU well into Phase Four, whenever that's going to be. I feel like, uh. I feel like Spider-Man could play a big role in the future, but also, what were the... Because how many more movies does he have with the film rights with Sony? Do you guys know? Uh, I believe it's uh, one more after this. And... So one more. No, I think this is... I think this was the last one. I thought this was the last one. That's that's like the only reason I don't I ha- think Tom I Holland heard rumors that they're going to be ex- extending the contract. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. out, like after this year they're gonna extend the contract to like a okay. third movie, maybe like a Sinister Six movie. Okay, yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah, that was like the only reason I kind of thought Spider-Man would not be uh, taking spotlight, like how Iron Man and then Captain America was. But if they're extending his contract or the film rights, whatever it is, then yeah, he could take spotlight. Tom Holland's a great Spider-Man, for sure. He's a great Spider-Man. He's a great Peter Parker. And, yeah, that's really all I got for um, Far From Home. I'm excited for the movie. I feel like it'll be a good movie. I don't think it'll be as good or better than Spider-Man 2. Like, I saw that review that Ziggler was saying. I don't think it'll be that good, just because Spider-Man 2 is one of the best. Classic. Yeah. You yeah. think it's gonna? You think uh, Spider-Man 2 is going to set up Sinister 6? I mean, isn't Vulture supposed to be in this movie? Who? Oh, Vulture was in Homecoming. So. I, I mean, maybe he has like a cameo, like in yeah. prison. I don't know. Maybe, like him yeah, and Scorpion yeah, yeah. in prison. It could I don't happen. Know. 
since they teased that. Or they can bring him back. Scene. Oh, they yeah. They teased it in the after credit scene yeah. in uh, Homecoming. So. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Maybe they can tease that even more for Spider-Man 3. I, yeah. Anyway, yeah. But, no, I think I think maybe, like, they'll, like, have, like, a... Do you think they're going to answer this for 6 Spider-Man 3? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh I would like to see, like, a Doc Ock or, like, the Green Goblin again. Yeah, yeah I think... that'd be cool. I don't like to see, like, Mark Hamill top play one, Doc Ock. Can whoever plays Goblin top Willem Dafoe? Just get Willem no. Dafoe back. <laughs> that Who don't, cares? That won't confuse anyone. Yeah, I know, right? That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be kind of weird, but yeah. I have this coworker. He keeps telling me that Venom's gonna be in this movie. I'm like, no, he's not. Nah, nah. Also, it'd be cool. He's like, it'll the directors cool. confirmed it. Cool. It'd be cool, like the multiverse, like maybe like um, in the multiverse, like. Tobey Maguire plays like Spider-Man in another multiverse. What do you can think about and that Andrew theory? Garfield in another one. Yeah, exactly. Then Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen, and then then so you get far, the PS4 Spider-Man. So far from home turns into Spider-Verse. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, like Spider-Verse can be it's like the third adventure. one, and then the fourth Spider-Man, they can be Sinister Six. Right. Yeah. Let's Speaking have Spider-Man of, Four. Let's have Spider-Man Five. The new Avengers. Day. Sony just took, like, older Spider-Man movies and just made a huge team-up movie. <laughs> I think that will be financially killing themselves if they did that. <laughs> Dude, it's Disney. They're worth billions. Right. They I think do whatever they want. I think you would rather keep Disney in your then good why did they cancel Club Penguin? <laughs> <laughs> Club and Penguin Toontown. was a failing site. That's a good question. Uh, all right, and... And uh, Cam, your thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home? Far From Home is going to be the first movie since Endgame. It feels like Endgame's been a year old. It's been a year since Endgame when it's only been two months. Where did all the time go? But yes, I'm excited for Far From Home. It's probably going to be the only movie, the first movie since Endgame that I'm actually going to see. Honestly, I'm missing out on a lot of movies, and I really should go see more movies. But and but that's for another topic for another day. As for the multiverse idea, it has potential. It has potential to be one of the bigger things in the MCU and even in comic book films. Just imagine the multiverse basically being a portal for other movies, for other universes to actually come into the MCU. That would be the idea for what... X-Men and Fantastic Four would have been that was would have been one of my ideas for this multiverse idea when you guys when we were talking about it in one of the older episodes, which is in the archives. Uh, but imagine this movie basically this movie or a future movie basically being Spider-Verse in real life. Yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Sp- Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, we'll probably have the review out by July 2nd because I know a lot of you are going to be seeing that very early. So, yeah, looking forward to reviewing it soon. Before Our... we leave, before we end it all, can you, imagine, can you imagine it as an actual movie? Just the continuity of the Raimi movies, the Andrew Garfield movies, even Spider-Verse, and then blend it into MCU. 
Oh, I think that's a dream for a lot of fans. Uh, I mean, that would be pretty dope, not going to lie. Yeah, that would be... Yeah, I think that would be truly breathtaking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it would basically be a love letter to the movies. It, it literally would. I mean, it would be awesome because Sony is still behind Spider-Man, so it, uh, and that would be yeah. awesome, really. Oh, yeah, if, for like, sure. If, like, uh, Tony McGuire play, p- played freaking um, Peter Pen- Benjamin Parker, and it would be just and, Tom, and uh, Andrew Garfield, which is not be there because he it was the worst be man, but but at least he'll be there who would who would be casted like it <laughs> who would play miles i mean shamik moore could do it i mean he looks like miles in no, real life too he's the guy who Glenn. he's the one who voiced spider-man in spider-verse isn't he too old uh, he's like 23. I mean, oh, yeah, that's too old. <laughs> I mean, Tom Holland's Tom Morales, 21. Miles Morales is like, yeah. like 13 or 14, right? <laughs> he could be the same age movie. as Peter, probably. Yeah, like, fast a few years. Yeah, maybe yeah. like if like he wasn't like dusted by Thanos, then maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And then Nick could be the same age then, so I don't know. Yeah. Can I do it? Can I do the ending? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Roll the outro. Okay. (laughs) Hit that outro music. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, uh, please like, share, and subscribe. And click the channel for more videos and see our recent uploads and our interviews with guys like at Jordan Jomo from Instagram and the wrestling classic. Again, thank you for your support and we'll keep on delivering outstanding content for you all. Thank you.